Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bostead. This is the first in our new quarterly series, Relevant Tones, live at LPR. We've got a great crowd here. We're really, really excited. Uh, this is a, a super huge night. First of all, it's Philip Glass's birthday, so uh, happy birthday to Philip. Yeah. And he's here, which we're really, really excited about. Uh, so we'll be talking with him in the second half of the program. And it's also an exciting album release, The Complete Piano Etudes of Philip Glass by the wonderful pianist Jenny Lynn, who is here with us. And let's launch right in. Let's hear Etude Number 1, performed by Jenny Lynn, live here at LPR.
It's Piano Etude Number no. 1 by Philip Glass, performed by Ginny Lin here at Les Poissons Rouge at LPR. Uh, we're opening up our first Relevant Tones live at LPR. Uh, Jenny, so you just recorded all 20 of the etudes. What, a, what an incredible experience. You have a long-standing interest in virtuosity. I, is that really what brought you to the Philip Glass etudes, or was there something else in addition to that? Oh, it's everything. I mean, I think I have a hard time sleeping, and so I like, I like very virtuosic pieces. But these etudes, if you listen to all of them, um, I'm sure some of you have already experienced that from number one to 20 in one evening. It's the most incredible experience because it's as if you're traveling through this journey and you've gone through all these different musical styles and also emotions and there's everything in them. And I really got hooked. <laughs> <laughs> when did the disc come out, the, the Complete Piano Etudes? maybe about a month ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. And then how, how is recording them different from performing them? I mean, are you really zoning in on, on every note, every little perfection, or, or uh, what, what's the difference? Um, concentration is pretty important when you're playing them live, and really knowing how to build it from the beginning to the end, and just to um, sort of preserve your energy until the end. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm a haphazard pianist. Uh, that's actually how I, how I build myself. Um, and uh, I performed music in fifths one time, or, or twice, uh, and, and uh, once it went really well. And then once I just zoned out. I mean, the, the music itself kind of, I found it to, to concentrate, to stay focused enough to keep doing the, these patterns, but you know, not so focused that I started to actually go into a TM state <laughs> was uh, kind of a difficult balance. Do you find that? Well, you know, I've, I play these pieces in small settings as well as big settings, and I do find myself being lost in them, but there's a part of me is in control, which is amazing how your brain works. There's a part that's in control, but then there's this other part that can kind of let go, and that's what's so incredible about these pieces. So I kind of like being two people at once. And you've been touring with the Etudes, right? What, tell us about that project. Oh, it's been such a privilege just going to different worlds and different concert halls, touring with Philip Glass as well as several pianists. One is actually in the audience tonight, Roberto. We were in Italy with him. And it's been amazing just meeting different pianists who have different interpretations of these works and just to see how generous and open this music is to everybody and to all audiences. I mean, we had... 35,000 people in Brazil. It was amazing. And we were just in Winnipeg, and there was 2,000 people in the hall. And everyone just loved it. How do those concerts go? The pianists take turns? I mean, how do, you, how do you divide up the etudes? Do you ever fight? Like, I really want to do number 20. No. We do fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, Philip opens the concerts with number one and two. And usually we have five pianists, sometimes uh, more. And each of us play, uh, if there's five, so we play four each per evening. Um, I think we kind of decide, um, depending on who has played what before, and very often we also um, invite the local pianists from different countries, and they sometimes have the first say, and some pianists have absolutely have to have to play specific ones. So 
I kind of stand by and just wait for instructions. <laughs> See, I'm a number five type of person. That's my <laughs> deal. That's what I do. And you're like, okay, okay. That's uh, all right. That's your thing. <laughs> so join us on the next tour for number five. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is really exciting. And, uh, and you're yes. going to some other places too in, in the near future, right? Yeah, we're going to Kennedy Center in March. Oh, wow. Um, we just heard we're going in San Francisco uh, for San Francisco Jazz in the summer, so come. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pretty good gig, so you know, you, those of you out there, learn the etudes, memorize them, and, and get on this train, because uh, this sounds like a lot of fun to me. <laughs> so if you need a haphazard pianist, let me know. Uh, let's hear a big block of them now at once. So we're going to do etudes two, three, and four, roughly 15 minutes in a row. Again, music of Philip Glass performed live here at LPR by pianist Jenny Lin.
piano etudes two, three, and four. We heard them all in a break there. Music of Philip Glass performed by Jenny Lynn. And you are listening to the first of a new series called Relevant Tones live at LPR. Today's program, as I've mentioned, features works from a new release by Jenny Lynn of the complete piano etudes of Philip Glass. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, get streaming versions of this and all previous episodes of Relevant Tones, or for a playlist of the music on this show, visit us online at relevanttones.com. I want to welcome now our esteemed guest, Philip Glass, to the stage. Thank you. Thank you. I think the first thing I want to say, Philip, is uh, from myself, from our, our audience, our listeners, happy birthday. <laughs> and thank you for coming. It's really exciting to have you here. Pleased to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So um, let's just talk briefly about the etudes. Why? Um, I, I know you're a pianist yourself, of course, did, I, and, and we, we heard you talking with Jenny in, in the video before about the etudes and now about hearing a lot of other people write them and, and play them, I mean, uh, are you going to stop at 20? I mean, do, do you feel like you're, you're constantly... Oh, I'm writing other piano music, but no more etudes. No more etudes, okay. No, I, I said I would do 20, and that's what I did. Okay, why that uh, barrier, do you think? I don't know. I guess because some of the exercises that you practice are in groups of 20. Okay. And so I said, well, I'll just do 20 more. Like the Hannon exercises? Yeah. No, uh, they were the... Uh, I don't know if you remember which, or the which Cherny ones or I don't Cherny, yeah. I remember Hannon. I always had to practice Hannon, you and they were in three that. groups of 20. Yeah, uh, they're kind of unnerving. I decided that, well, I was trying to, to get uh, my, play, my playing up to, uh, up to a better level, so, uh, but they were so boring to practice, so I decided to write some pieces that I could learn. And by learning, and so the first 10 are all about piano technique in a second one, certain way. The second 10 are about... Uh, the more about the content of the music than the technique of the music. Okay, but even in the first ten, there's a clear musicality. I mean, you're, you're clearly. Well, I hope so. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> well, but there, there are some etudes out there. Even some of the Chopin etudes, not all of them, but even some of them are, are not, uh, not not always the best to well, listen to. Well, well uh, the uh, practicing is really boring. <laughs> you you probably know that. I do know yeah, as a haphazard yeah. pianist. Yeah. But I know. Uh, if you uh, by by writing pieces that I couldn't quite play. Uh, and, and learning to play them, my playing actually did get better. And how many times have you performed all of the 20 etudes at this point? I mean, numerous, well, right? I never do all 20. I've, I've, actually only, I've actually only learned 12 of them. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't even know about the, the last eight. There. <laughs> you'll, you'll hear her. She, she plays them it's very well. For people like Jenny Lynn who can... The thing is that it would take me so many hours to learn them, and I, maybe I'm better off writing music, so <laughs> I, I, I know enough of them so I can play in concerts and so forth. <laughs> but the really, the most interesting ones are the hardest ones for me. But being a pianist is really, I think, key to your development as a composer. Am I wrong? I mean, how important do you think the Philip Glass Ensemble was for you? Well, it was a way of uh, playing the music. I mean, I, I never... Uh, I, I produced the first 10 years of concerts myself. I wasn't uh, interested in sending music out and people saying they weren't going to play it. I never even gave anyone a chance to say no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just made, made up the concerts myself. So playing the piano was, uh, I had by that time, I had been through music school pretty well. So I was playing fairly well. What was it other than, I mean, because I think you're a very talented composer. You, you could have gone the traditional route. I mean, one of, one of the things I really admire about you, not only musically, but also just you're a bit of a maverick as a composer. I mean, you, you went this other route and made it work for yourself. 
And uh, you know, were you thinking that from the very beginning that, that uh, I'm not going to go the academic route, or uh, how did that? Well, I was transpire? never going to be a music teacher now. Yeah, which is so much a, a part of well, that. Well, I had two very great teachers, but I had a lot of mediocre teachers too. Uh huh. So, uh, and that's it's kind of painful. And I I didn't think I would be a talented teacher. Uh, being teaching is a real vocation, and if you if you're really good at it, it's a wonderful thing. But if you're not particularly good at it, it's probably better not to do it. Well, I agree with that, uh, and, like having children. And, uh, you know, it, it's <laughs> to all the bad parents out there. And, uh, you know, I think it's also if you're a good teacher, you give of yourself. And it's very difficult then to be a composer after that because you've just given away I've never yourself. tried it, actually. <laughs> Let's talk. You, you don't like the term minimalism. You, you, you prefer... Well, not actually, I'm getting used to it, actually, now. Okay. <laughs> well, what's happening is that well, uh, it's 30 or 40 years since I've written really minimalist music. But a lot of other people are playing the early music now. And I've been listening to it, and I'm starting to like it a lot. <laughs> so, so actually, we're going back and playing with the ensemble. We're playing a lot of the early pieces. OK. In fact, we're going to be playing a music with changing parts uh, at Carnegie Hall this uh, in oh, February. That's fantastic. And that's a piece from 1970. That's so great. So that's a piece that's almost 50 years old. Wow. That's great. That, well, that's a, a real minimalist piece. So. What were your early influences? What were you listening to 50 years ago that, that, that made its way into your music? Well, 50 years ago, I was, uh, I was writing those early, I was writing those pieces. Uh, that was when I was thir in my 30s. Mm -hmm. And uh, things happened very quickly. I, I, be I, I began, also was working with, uh, in the theater with Mabu Mines and then with Bob Wilson. So I began writing theater music at the same time. And the theater music and the concert music were quite different for a while. Then after a while, they started, be became, they sound a little more like each other after a while. Yeah, so do you have a different uh, approach? You're writing a film score or, or a theater piece uh, and oh. then a, a concert piece? I try to write the commercial music very, very fast. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Well, <laughs> Going to the no, zone. I, 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 that's how I made a, 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 in the early days, I made a living by writing commercial music, and that's what I did. Mm -hmm. But if you have a good technique, it's easy to do. But mm -hmm. I just didn't, I, I, I would never spend more than two hours on a piece. But then if you go from writing commercial music and you're going to now write a concert piece where you say, okay, this is a Philip Glass piece, this you, is a work of art. I, you think I would get confused? Uh, no, uh, not, not confused. I, I don't <laughs> think so. Look, what, can we, let's hear her play. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> Next up is Etude 6 and 16. We're going to hear two etudes in a row from Philip Glass, performed by Jenny Lynn.
Etude 6 and 16 by Philip Glass, and we heard Jenny Lynn performing. Uh, this is a CD release party for the complete piano etudes of Philip Glass, all 20 of them, and uh, that is out on the Steinway label, and so I'm going to chat for a couple minutes here with Eric Weidner. Here, he is here from Steinway. Eric, thanks so much. Wonderful to be here. Thank you. How does this fit in with Steinway Label's mission? Well, at Steinway & Sons, we make, we make pianos. We make Steinway pianos. We like to think we make the finest uh, pianos in the world. And the record label is an opportunity for us to showcase amazing artists like Jenny Lynn, perfect example of a wonderful, really a wonderful Steinway artist. And uh, having an artist like Jenny performing on our instrument, Steinway & Sons, world's finest piano, uh, allows us to showcase what our instruments are capable of. The nuance, the expression that can only come out of a Steinway when played by a great artist like Jenny. And then uh, we capture that in state-of-the-art sound on the record label which allows us to put those three things together and with an opportunity like this one, um, the music of Philip Glass, one of uh, the world's greatest living composers and composing music that will be part of the repertoire for our instrument, uh, probably part of the new, the new canon, the core repertoire of what Steinway, Steinway artists will perform going forward. Um, a wonderful opportunity for us with this release and with Jenny, of course, to, uh, to, to, to portray that. You probably have no answer for this question, but I'm, I'm gonna ask it anyway. <laughs> um, and I'm just curious, when I was a kid, my, my mom was never any good at piano and, and, and her father wasn't either, but they would play a little bit. I mean, there was this idea that there was a piano in the house and there was somebody who could play at least a little bit and you know the great pop artist Beck released an album a few years ago, The Song Reader. It was on sheet music, and, and all the DJs were mad. We can't play this on the radio. And I was so happy. I thought, so great. You have to learn to play an instrument. My, my, my point is, you know, by showcasing great artists, by showcasing this instrument, I mean, you know, are, are we ever going to move back to a time when people are uh, capable of at least playing a little bit of, of music on their own? <laughs> I want a yes or a no. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I, I'm not even sure that I know what the exact question was. I guess, is, is that part of Steinway's but, mission also? <laughs> I want people to play the piano on a regular basis at home again, like yes. I used to. Right. Uh, so, uh, on the one hand, we are in a time where we have some of the most uh, amazing array of talent. It's just incredible, the level that exists today, um, pianists. Um, but certainly, um, every day, uh, everyone should be learning to play the piano. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, I, or the say guitar, that, or <laughs> I say that, but I just got back from China, and it's, a, a, it's amazing the level of appreciation for the instrument in other countries. I mean, in uh, the United States, uh, certainly, the playing the piano is as popular as ever. That's one of those statistics mm -hmm. that beginning uh, piano um, uh, uh, pedagogy books are... Uh, the business is, is very big, so I, I think um, it, it's, it, it, we are still there in some places more than others. No, that's great. I like to hear yeah. that optimism. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Eric. I really appreciate it, and thanks thank for you. your support of this great album. Okay. We're going to close out the program tonight. We're going to hear two of the etudes in a row. We're going to hear etudes 19 and 
20. Yeah, we'll do both of them. And uh, once again, Jenny Lynn.
Closing two etudes of the 20 etudes set by Philip Glass, performed live here at LPR by Jenny Lynn. It is Philip Glass's birthday. Uh, he's taking a bow. You can hear the crowd. Fantastic performance. Again, this is the uh, album release for the complete piano etudes of Philip Glass by Jenny Lynn. It's on the Steinway label. It's also the first in our new series, Relevant Tones, live at LPR. Today's broadcast of Relevant Tones was produced by Sarah Zwinklis and engineered by Bill Sigmund. Heather McDougall is the project manager, and Tony Macaluso is the executive producer. Special thanks to Maggie Reberg, Joshua Savageau, Jeremy Chin, Hannah Duff, the production staff here at LPR, and New York's WKCR-FM. Relevant Tones is made possible by the generous support of the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, and by the listener supporters of WFMT. And we are very, very thankful for that support. I'm Seth Bosted from the WFMT Radio Network Chicago, returning you now to your regular programming. <laughs>